0: Consumer demands, disruptive technologies, and AI are shaping healthcare for years to come. On Hello Healthcare, we dive deep on these issues with leaders who are driving change. We hope that these stories will inspire you to create and demand a better future in healthcare. Please welcome your host, Alan Tam, Chief Marketing Officer at Actium Health. Our first two seasons of Hello Healthcare are available on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our conversations with some of healthcare's most well-respected leaders in marketing, business strategy, data science, and much more. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, healthcare. As we take a look at the healthcare landscape across the country, one of the most interesting and dynamic regions is actually in our second largest state, the state of Texas. In the state of Texas, as if digital health, retail health isn't enough, the region is also served by over 80 community hospitals and health systems, including giants like UT Health, Houston Methodist, and so forth. So how does a smaller health system not only compete, but continue to grow and serve their patients? Joining me today is Jeff Stewart, System Director of Strategic Marketing from Christus Health. Welcome, Jeff, to Health Healthcare.
1: Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course.
0: Jeff, one of the things I typically ask folks I talk to is really... What their title encompasses—it's so different across various different health systems—and what I've learned is that it doesn't really encompass everything that they do. So why don't we start with that? And you know, what are some of your task initiatives that you're driving at the moment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm responsible for all of our marketing across the United States, so Texas, mm-hmm. Louisiana, and New Mexico, Arkansas to some extent, as well as our. Overall brand, which would actually extend internationally, where we have operations in Mexico, Chile, and Colombia. So, looking at the visual expression of our brand, you know, how do we express ourselves? What do we look like in our communities? What you know attributes does that carry to our communities? What kinds of quality and reputation does it represent across all of our ministries? As well as. The day-to-day marketing activities for our system, Christus is made up of eleven health systems here in the United States, and so I have a mix of teams for mm-hmm. both at the system level, as we say, for you know, sort of the corporate system, um, for digital CRM, creative mm-hmm. services, all the sort of traditional marketing activities, and then at the local ministries, I have teams, marketing and communication specialists and directors. Who are responsible for very traditional healthcare, hospital marketing role. So all of those teams report up to me. But as you mentioned, everything's kind of different. So we also have communications, social media, public relations. That's managed system at a different department, but is then together when we're in our ministries.
0: Got it. So what are some of the key strategies and programs that your team is driving to? Keep the mission alive and to continue to drive revenue
1: yeah absolutely so you know it's all about access into our clinics mm-hmm. and hospitals that's what we focus on and so whether it's onboarding new physicians we're constantly you know growing our employed physician base across all of our ministries you know we have a little over 1400 employed physicians now throughout texas oh. and louisiana there's a, another couple hundred more in new mexico also so we have a large employment base for physicians. So growing those clinics, getting more and more patients into them, Mm -hmm. as well as, of course, supporting the growing services that we offer to our communities in the United States. So whether it's a new cancer institute or a new heart institute or new services or other diabetes program, other things Mm -hmm. we're adding to really make our communities aware of them, and then make it hopefully easy to access those, to to set a new appointment and to get in and and become, we want to get somebody in to see Christus at the clinic level, because we know that we can help drive loyalty for both them and their families into hospitals and other services.
0: So let's dive a little bit deeper into the access piece. I think that's very interesting. It's been something that a lot of health systems have been focused on. What are some specific things that you guys have done in the last, say, 12, 24 months to kind of improve that access piece? Like online scheduling, I assume.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think two two main things, right? So one is we tried, we redesigned our website, launched in June, and we added a, um, we think is a more... Friendly way to schedule online appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two, I think, critical components in that. One was the next available appointment sorting feature. So, if you go to our website, you search for a physician. You have the ability to say, "Well, sort by the next available appointment." That's what you a lot of people care about, right? And yeah. so, you know, being able to find somebody soon. I, you know, my kid is sick and I want to go see a doctor, whether virtually or in person. But what provider has availability soon today, tomorrow, within the next two hours, right? so that we we really like that uh, as well as just if you're going to schedule something further out in the future that we've rebuilt that part of the website to make it easier to get through some of the research we did really talks about how consumers whether they perceive it or not they subliminally recognize when they're moving between systems so even if you're moving from say your first party website to a hosted provider finder to potentially a third sec- another third party scheduler you can supply the same CSS sheets and you can give them all the brand colors, but. There's always just the most subtle differences in usability between mm-hmm. them. So and sometimes in the case of Epic, a very stark usability right. difference as well. But it, each one of those gaps exists a place to erode trust of the consumer. So we really wanted to move as much of that into the first party experience as possible. So we've done that. You know, there's a lot of challenges in that, getting providers to open their schedule, getting right. providers to take new patient scheduling. And, you know, we're really working through those as a, as a system. But primary Care We have really got that open so that you can schedule. And then I think the thing I'm one of the things I'm most proud of is that in May, we added on demand care. And so we have the ability to find a provider immediately and see somebody in Texas or Louisiana to see an urgent care clinician by your cell phone and Beyond, you know, that's something that Epic offers. And we did a lot actually to customize that and streamline what Epic offers to make it very easy. So we pulled a lot of what is is added by the EMR out to try to make it very streamlined. But the other thing was we, we showed in market research that so we had a real ability We thought our our unique position here is that there's a lot of disruptors low in the market, offering a very low price. Maybe it's a subscription model or whatever, but you're texting and and all of that. they're, They're essentially technology providers that are in the healthcare space. And then there's a lot of people already way up market, right? Other large systems, be it Houston Methodist, et cetera, that have all the trappings of a large healthcare institution and the prices of it. And so we really thought that our opportunity was to fall somewhere in the middle. And so you can see a trusted Christus clinician. And you know, as I said, we have 1,400 employed providers. We have 100 plus clinics. We have hospitals that have been in their communities. I mean, in San Antonio, we've been there since 1856. The Mm -hmm. name Christus is well-known, well-respected. So to be able to say, I can see a Christus clinician today, not a doc in a box. I can see a Christus clinician that carries the weight of the Christus system. What we're able to do through our managed care contracts was number one. It's free for associates, and then two, it's only a thirty dollars cash pay fee. So you know, if that is cheaper than a lot of deductibles, it's cheaper. I mean, it's and it's a great way to offer access to you know for our mission to extend the healing ministry of Jesus Christ to bring that closer to our communities, and we've been really excited about that because. We continue to see that I think the rate right now is right around 35 to 40 percent. People using it have never seen a Christus provider, at least in the last 36 months, which is uh-huh. what we call no we uh-huh. new patient. They've never seen a Christus provider, and then another close to when you, in total, a little over 50 percent have uh, either. Sorry, it's either the like 35 to 40 percent no Christus, and then another to add 10 to 15 percent of that are maybe Christus patients but have no Christus PCP. So again, maybe they've been in the hospital, maybe they've given birth, maybe you know, they've had a gallbladder removed, whatever. They might right. have some loyalty to the Christmas system, but are not using our clinics as our primary care access. And so we've really seen that be an exciting place for us to grow, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we're excited by those two things.
0: That's awesome. It seems like you guys are set to compete against retail health. $30. I think that's that's huge. Yeah. I think that's the cost of like going to Walmart to yeah. see a physician. So you guys are definitely on the right path there. Yeah. So it's amazing that you guys have developed this. One of the questions I like to ask is, how are you driving people to this amazing experience? Like, are you doing outreach and inviting people in? What's kind of the strategy and programs that you guys have in place to steer people towards this amazing experience?
1: For on-demand care, paid mm-hmm. search is great, and right? mm-hmm. you got to capture them at that point of intent, so they are expressing urgent care near me. And we 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 saw that before launching the product, we continue to see that that is the largest area of growth in mm-hmm. our organic and paid Paid search volume. There is tremendous demand for a search like that. So you know we've got to compete in that space. We've mm-hmm. got to capture them there, and that's where again we think there's an opportunity to, to use the Christus name and the yeah. Christus brand yeah. to help differentiate at that point. We do a lot of the other things too. So there's we actually you know even the goal is not necessarily to drive clinic volume because you know we have in in the clinics. Or to drive the volume from the clinics, because as you can imagine, obviously those are people who are already established with the provider. So the on-demand care. So we do some promotion through there, though we try to keep it kind of limited because we do want to bring people in, but we're not trying to hide the service. And actually, we've expanded that out those hours. And so the on-demand care is available from 7a to 11p. Well, most of our clinics aren't open that line right. long, so we're using it to drive some volume there, as well as. You know, our, a lot of our ministry marketing teams have found ways to promote it in areas where we, we think that there's you know opportunity. And so whether it's promoting it with a new employer group that's come on to okay. a, a plan recently, right? So say in the city of Shreveport, that, that those city employees, uh, when they change their plan year in, in January, that's something that we will be adding in is that ability to access that on demand care into their right. plan at no cost to the that particular plan. And so there's there's ways like that that we find that to promote it, and of course email. We really like email. We have it set. Um, so we refresh the message every... Uh, it's like 30 to 40 days. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a change or it's expanded hours or uh, whatever. And we just drip it out into our patient database at you know, 10, 15, 20,000 um, emails a day. to so just keep it the volume there.
0: No, that's, uh, that's spectacular and very comprehensive. Definitely much further ahead than many health systems had the opportunity to speak with. What's been most effective so far in terms of driving people to the usage of your online scheduling?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it is a paid search as well as email marketing. It may be a little bit of a bias in the channel because we can see it better than we can anything else, right? I mean, there's... There's a lot of people who just show up and use it. And I mean, I can trust my Google Analytics that it, but a lot of it comes in as direct. But I can see email and I can yeah. see email traffic and I can see where it goes and I can see page search traffic and I can see where right. it goes. And so in that sense, I can sort of confirm that, yeah, those two are, are working well for us.
0: Right. That's definitely a huge undertaking what you've accomplished. What's been some of the Biggest challenges for you to get to where you are now.
1: A lot of our challenges are really internal. So we are, like as I mentioned earlier, we're a collection of eleven health systems that are really taking the steps to learn how to work together as a system. And in many cases, we're, we're, we're strides ahead. And then in a few places, we we still have some some growing pains to go through. And so what that means in a in a very real sense, right? October is obviously Breast Cancer Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and so you know there's a lot of activity to drive breast cancer screenings. Now, granted. You need to do them the other 11 months of the year. I've never totally understood why we only spend one month on this, but uh, that we'll leave that aside for a moment. There are a base, it, it basically 11 points of access to get a mammogram, or more, in the Crystis health system. And some are call the navigator. Some are fill out this form. Some might even be scheduled through an EMR. And that worked five years ago, even, and definitely 10 years ago, because at the end of the day, your health system was its own sort of self-contained unit. We look at the digital world we're in now and the digital expectations of our consumers, and we can't support that model. There has to be one way to Mm -hmm. get a mammogram or one way to schedule a calcium screening or whatever that service is. There's gotta be one way, but our internal complexity makes that impossible. And the default internally, because it's easier, is to just say, to, is to shift that burden of complexity into the consumer. And so the consumer has to then come to a web page and say, uh, This is my zip code. Or, I mean, that's at least the user friendly way. There are times where it's like, Well, just have them pick their ministry. Well, they don't know, know what their ministry is. And that's not a term they understand, certainly. And even if you say pick their health system, we have areas where there's overlap. In fact, throughout Texas and Louisiana, basically all of our service areas kind of touch each other. And so, you know, if you live in a place like Lindale, Texas, you're essentially equally served by Christ's Trinity Mother Francis, and Christus Good Shepherd. And, you know, you may want to get your mammogram in Tuesday in Longview, but if we don't have appointments on Tuesday, you're actually going to be in Tyler on Wednesday. So why not go to Tyler? Wednesday and so to force that burden of our internal complexity onto our consumer through a web page a complicated phone call tree a form that has branching logic all those things I think is entirely unfair thing to do to our consumer. It limits access. It doesn't make us easy. It doesn't make us convenient. It's not the kind of care that I know we provide at the local level. And these are really just the growing pains of, of adjusting to a digital world where there can be one Christus. It cannot be 11 Christuses. There has to be one Christus. And so those are really some of our big challenges is getting that burden of complexity shifted back. To ourselves and say, listen. do you want to make this complex, because it has to be complex because of a, a contract or a physician call, or what? there's all kinds of reasons why it's like this. Or certainly, we have multiple EMRs. I have no problem with that, but let's not make that the problem of our consumer. Absolutely. And that that really is our largest challenge.
0: Hello, healthcare is brought to you by Actium Health. Healthcare leaders use Actium's CRM intelligence to identify their highest risk patients and drive them to care. Increase your patient volumes, revenue growth, and improve your quality scores today. Learn more at actiumhealth.com. And now, back to the show. So what are some of the steps you're taking to address that? Because like you said, it is a huge, enormous challenge.
1: Yeah, it's it's a huge problem and it's a big challenge. There's a couple ways, right? And I think the biggest thing ultimately is keeping the voice of the consumer nearby. And using that to help move this forward, exposing the problem and, and talking about it. You know, we are on a journey that by the end of 2024, we will all be on a single EMR. We'll all have transitioned to Epic, which will make things like scheduling an mammogram significantly easier. It's a very long time between right. where we sit today in 2022 and 2024. Right. And so what can we do in the meantime? What Are there IT solutions? Are there access center solutions? Are there call solutions, and really just bringing this up and advocating for it and using our consumer's voice. And so whether it's showing data, if it's from the website, or, you know, we actually like the tool um, Hotjar, and there's other tools that are very similar Mm -hmm. to it, where you can, you can show somebody using your website, right? And you can watch them scroll and click, you can, you can Watch them not understand what they're supposed to do, or we have a, another tool that does like sort of moderated or unmoderated user testing, where you can watch somebody like video use it and then talk as they describe their experience. Like, oh, I, I don't know what I would put in this form box, right? And and demonstrate this to people because it it, it does help provide the the weight of the advocacy that you need to move it forward. Um, and then also, you know, we have call analytics, and so when you hear when I get tale of a frustrating call that somebody had because you know ultimately you know those things do eventually trickle up that there was a you know bad call or whatever we can pull that recording and the, when it's the marketing call analytics solution we have the end to end the call right so your traditional contact center has their segment of the call and those yeah. frequently go well they're scored very well right yeah. this agent did a great job and a ninety or whatever quality yeah. score but then they transfer. And then that person has a great call with them, but okay. didn't solve their problem. So they transfer, right. right? And that happens. And then that happens. And so each little journey of the call went well from the agent's perspective. But right. when you take it from the marketing perspective, Got you it. take it from the end-to-end consumer perspective, and right. then you show that this person was transferred and transferred okay. and transferred. Everybody in our system understands the challenge. Everybody in our system wants to solve the challenge. It's just complicated.
0: Again, that's very comprehensive. And I think you guys are doing it right in terms of taking a look at the problem and addressing it. I think very few systems right now in the U.S. are at that level of sophistication that you guys are, are doing. So hats off to you like, on, nice. on, on doing that. One thing that you brought up that is always interesting to me is you know, October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Why are campaigns only running for breast cancer awareness in, in October versus it being an evergreen program? Yeah,
1: hundred. So I put it on a slide the other day. I added a month is not a strategy, and then I googled it because I'm like, somebody deserves attribution for this, yeah. right? And it, it apparently, doesn't exist in the lexicon. And I say it all the time. I cannot understand why we've allowed months to become a strategy. To be clear, if you have a robust cardiology service campaign that mm-hmm. runs Evergreen or yeah. cancer mammograms, breast cancer, women's services, whatever if you have those and then you highlight turn up tweak level up whatever term you use to enhance what you do for the month of october that's great but you're right there are women who need mammograms every month of the year because it's an annual schedule and so if you got your first in may because your birthday's in may then you're likely going to get it around may or june every year and october is going to be meaningless to you right i i I do not understand this and it's it's been one of the things you know in my interview process it was it was brought up that this is one of our challenges and And I was like, yeah, it's absolutely, it doesn't it does make any sense to me. And it's been something that we, we still continue to fight. But you know, even when, when I came on, we, each one of our 11 ministries actually ran their own paid search campaigns. We didn't do that at a system level. And there were several of them who would do heart paid search, cardiology paid search terms just in February or breast cancer just in October. And I'm like, what, what are you doing the other 11 months? It's right. like, well, that, that was all we had the budget for. The CEO just wanted to see it. I'm like, that I mean, that logic works for a billboard, I guess, but right. like, come on, paid search? Like we, we need to be driving paid search, email, all the time right? right and those drive to hras and those hras goes to outbound calls and those yep. outbound calls lead back to clinic visits right and that needs to be going all the time so
0: what are you doing now in terms of helping to address that or is that still an issue that you guys are trying to figure out standing
1: it up right so you know starting digital first right because mm-hmm. as i said you know that was one of the things we did a little over a year ago was that we said okay I mean, we really try not to be a sort of by force kind of system approach uh, uh-huh. we really want everybody to be on the team and, and moving forward together, but this was one where we said, you know, this is this is just too important. Our our spend's not right, our strategy's not right. Our you know we have to pull this all together. And so all of our major service lines—cardiology, oncology, orthopedics, emergency care, primary care—you name it, right—all the major ones—all move up to system. And so that we are doing um, paid search and paid social and 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 some paid display where it makes sense. Across all of our major service lines and then layering in CRM campaigns that go with it. Cause most, most of the d- depends on the campaign, but a lot of the service line campaigns drive to an HRA, right? Mm-hmm. A very common um, healthcare marketing strategy. We drive them into an HRA. They complete the HRA and then depending on high risk, low risks. PCP, no CP, PCP, gender, age, all of those things. Emails go here. Uh, maybe a direct mail goes out and then we try to, you know, in for a high risk, no PCP, an outbound call is going to be placed the next day from a call center to try to get them in. Can we get you scheduled into the clinic, et cetera? So that's a lot of the stuff we're doing to just try to always keep those alive. But it's, but it's difficult, right? right. Because, you know, you started by talking about some of the smaller community uh, hospitals and some of the challenges we face is that a Houston Methodist has all service lines, right? Or no. or whatever. They have all service lines fully robust. There's not a service or procedure really that they can't do. But we have some that don't offer mammograms, right? Some of our hospitals that may not offer a mammogram. They don't have the imaging or right. um certainly a lot of heart procedures, orthopedic procedures. And then we have others who have it tremendously developed, right? And so we have a you know 100-bed heart hospital in East Texas. It's an amazing hospital that does fantastic work, and it's one of the only like it in all of East Texas for sure. And in that sort of geographic model, probably one of the only ones in the country with that kind of level of services and cardiologists that are supporting it. It's an amazing piece, right? And so then how do you balance that message, what you need to service those in East Texas, as well as maybe in a place a little bit further away and say Corpus Christi, where we don't have that kind of robust heart program as an example, or building it still. And so how do you put together a heart campaign that's going to work across all of those ministries, support being very local, also mm-hmm. support bringing a system cardiology message? That That's really our challenge inside of all of our service line marketing is figuring out how to work that balance sophistication. And so it's taking us a little bit of time still to stand those up and move through them sort of easiest to hardest in a lot of ways. And ultimately about where we're going next, it'll be finding ways to better change our working process and structure today to support that, right? And getting everybody bought in to there's going to be a system service line campaign and not one that's just vanilla and it's just going to run your market and you're not going to like it. One that's going to be Um, come from system, carry the message that we want to carry about who we are, who we are as a brand, the kind of care that we want to offer to our communities and be locally relevant also so that we can support things like a, a heart hospital in East Texas.
0: Yeah, that's challenge. So
1: good good luck with
0: uh, with that. As you go down this path, I think one of the things that's really important probably for yourself and for your leadership team are kind of core metrics and KPIs, right? To keep things going, continue to invest, continue to improve. You talked a little bit about Hotjar and using that on your website. What are some of the other core metrics and KPIs that you're using for your team, as well as reporting to your leadership level in terms of, look, this is, this is effective, this is working, and we need to continue to grow this?
1: Well, from for, for our leadership, it is simply encounters, right, or mm-hmm. you know, visits, or, or clinic visits, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and we get that from the CRM, and that's that's what they care about most, right? Mm-hmm. They need to drive um, patient volume, they need to drive revenue growth, and we have a CRM that allows us to get access to that data and mm-hmm. and add in the marketing touch points that those consumers may have had along the way to help build the the story in case. Uh, you know, in the in the past, again, often we were presenting things like. Web sessions to mm-hmm. executives. That's a. I, I think that I was like, no, we have to stop right. that. Right. Yeah, um, so. I mean, any almost any metric that you present where you have to explain it to the executive is is probably not one that we need to keep up with. And you know, that's been kind of an interesting challenge because prior to my joining, there was a lot of communication to different executive teams, especially at the local level. where We were you know showing them all of this, and we had them very well trained to think, to look for those things, but they didn't totally really process what it meant for their business. They still never made that connection. So we opened up, we spent all of this time being transparent, showing all these numbers, but it didn't lead to, oh, I should be giving you more money to be more successful. It didn't follow logically because it was all a bunch of numbers that didn't connect to them and their bottom line. And so we have to reset that to focus on those clinic visits. Now... There are different initiatives that they do understand, right? And we do try to translate or, you know, put the filter on about what, what really matters and what you're looking at. So for example, when we transitioned to a new website in June, that represented actually a significant re-architecture of how we had presented ourselves on the web. And into a new one, and it was into a single one. Christus sort of vision mm-hmm. of who we are it was exactly what the executive team wanted, and it's exactly the right move for the organization. But there were some understandable growing pains about ministries who who still wanted to understand where was my where's my local presence? How do I still keep who I am as a particular health system inside of this one Christus vision? And and it you know so there were the all the growing pains that I think anybody's been through major yeah. website relaunches has been through but our executive team when we were talking about why we wanted to do this we really focused in on unbranded organic search now that's those are terms that mean nothing to them but when you translate it to say this means that consumers who don't know us aren't finding us Mm -hmm. they do understand google because it's how they use everything right that's how everybody gets to anything so and so we say when you're looking for Heart doctor near me, primary care doctor near me, orthopedics near me, we're not there. And but when I say we're not there, I don't mean we're on the second page. And I don't mean we're on the 10th page. I mean we're not showing. And so Mm -hmm. that was an alarm bell for them. They understood that. And so as we Mm -hmm. followed up post launch to talk about the improvements we've made in unbranded organic search. And to deliver those numbers on a, you know, originally it was weekly. And then, which is high expectations for organic search, I recognize. But now closer to probably more of a quarterly update to, to yeah. bring them in. Or, you know, another one, again, initiative-wise, reputation and mm-hmm. online reputation, again, is, is one that's it's very important that we watch as well. And so, you know, how many Google reviews or or some of the details that go into What's in the map pack and what's in directed and undirected and brand? I mean, all of that they don't totally understand, or nor should they care or understand about that. But they did understand that when I search for the doctor that I just hired, or yeah. you know, the practice that we just acquired, I don't see them, or worse, I see them and there's a terrible review. And so we say, okay, we can let's solve that problem. So adding in something to the end of our patient satisfaction services, would you like to go ahead and leave a review on Google? And we've seen and we started that July 1st across all of our employed physician base. And that resulted in, I think it's like a 300% growth. I mean, wow. it's, I mean, just in the last six months, it's been, as well as a resulting star increase right. correlation as well, which was what, yeah. they were, what most people were worried about is, I'm going to get a ton of reviews, but they're going to be negative. Right. Instead, yeah. we've seen, we've gotten a ton of reviews and we're creeping up on yeah. the average review, both in lifetime and, and monthly. And that's been awesome, right? And so yeah. because that resulted from a specific business priority. And we were able to say what we can contribute to that and then communicate about the success of that initiative. Now in six months, are they going to want to see that report? I don't don't know. We have a dashboard and maybe they can look at it. Maybe they can, not but we'll probably be on to another business initiative like On Demand Care. How many visits did we have in Texas, Louisiana this month? How many of them had a PCP? How many of them have ever been to Christus before? Just reporting on that, and the, the, eventually that is a dashboard, and it stays, and people look at that. But our executive attention will turn to something else.
0: Yeah, oh, that's very, very classic, and sounds like you guys have done fantastic job there. One of the key themes that I keep hearing about last 12, 18 months is really the focus on lifetime value of patients and retention. I like to scratch up that a little bit Mm -hmm. with you in terms of what are some of the retention programs that you guys have in place or are planning to do to you know, continue to serve your existing patients and kind of grow revenue and drive patient volume there?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great question. I think we have a lot of room to grow in that area for sure. And part of that comes in the disconnect between the EMR. So 100% of our ambulatory visits are carried out on EPIC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of our hospital visits are carried across multiple EMRs. And so there's a disconnect there. Um, Now, the good news is we do bring all of those into our CRM. And so we do have the ability to speak across those EMRs and speak to all of our patients. And so at the moment, our primary one is to continue to develop. It's really to help leverage some of the work we're doing elsewhere, right? We talked about unbranded organic search a moment ago. Well, how do you do, how do you grow that? Well, first, there's some technical SEO, but beyond that, it's content. And so as we continue to write content, how do we get that into the email program? Just even monthly newsletters, other, you know, when we, have a new a new cardiologist joins us in Beaumont as an example we want to announce that to the community, and so, or and we use our patient database first, right? Yeah. So we have a bunch of people the, that have PCP visits with no cardiology visits. Let's show them we've got a new cardiologist, and let's give them a piece of content about why they should go see a cardiologist. Or I think we have one on the website that's something about like five things to ask your cardiologist in your first visit, or to expect on your first cardiologist visit, et cetera. So send them that. Send them the new doctor, and and use that that patient database to your advantage. And you know we're looking at some you know, again, to focus on Epic, they've brought campaigns and obviously they've got um, some other CRM intentions in their future. And so I think we're looking at other ways, too, to help keep people attached. And, you know, annual mammogram reminders, annual cardiology reminders or, you know, five or 10 year colonoscopy reminders, what what all those are, like to try to build those into the system is how we want to keep growing that.
0: I think those are all amazing ideas and approaches. I think you know, bringing this back to my intro earlier, you guys are definitely set up to compete within your region. It Mm -hmm. sounds like you guys are set up for great success. I really enjoyed our conversation, Jeff. Mm -hmm. And uh, if people want to continue the conversation or if they want to be able to reach out to you and pick your brain on, wow, you guys have done some amazing things. We want to do it too. What's... What's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: Well, first, I would love that. I, I greatly enjoy the conversation. I greatly enjoy talking about our shared experiences. I don't labor under the idea that we're doing anything necessarily all that much better than anybody else or that our challenges are all that different than anybody else. So easiest way, LinkedIn. Okay. Right? So I'm, I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. I think my picture looks a little bit like this. Uh, Maybe my hair is a little different. But yeah, uh, LinkedIn is one of the easiest ways to find
0: me. Wonderful. Wonderful. So for those of you listening, Jeff has done an amazing job at Christus Health and he shared some amazing insights. So do give him a ping. I'm sure that he's going to be able to help you out tremendously and kind of get you started in whatever initiative that you're working on, on the marketing side. So to our audience, thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, hello. Thanks again for tuning in to Hello Healthcare. If you like what you heard, we appreciate a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You and your feedback fuel us. This conversation is brought to you by Actium Health. To get the latest on what these healthcare leaders are saying, subscribe on hellohealthcare.com. Thanks. And when we see you next time, hello.